Good evening, everybody. This is Robert Lee Camp. I hope you can hear me. Um, let's see here. If you can't hear me. <laughs> just putting this up, just in case. Okay. Welcome to the show tonight. Uh, we have a really interesting topic to discuss. If any of you are new uh, to the show, um, we'll have a discussion for the first part. And the second part, we'll open up the program to a Q&A mode where you can share or ask a question. You can ask about your own cards or cards of somebody you know. It can be a relationship question. You can ask questions or you can just share your own experiences. Uh, we have a very casual group, and everybody seems to just enjoy whatever's going on. So feel free to be yourself here. Um, and the way we do it is um, I'll put this into Q&A mode at the end at, during our break in the middle. And let's see here. Let me get to the page real quick. Ba -ba -ba. So once I put it in Q&A mode, um, if you're using the application, either one of the applications, there will be a button that shows up where you can raise your hand. If you're calling in on a, on a telephone, you have to hit star six and the number one when it asks you to raise your hand. And then we'll know that you want to share or uh, ask a question. So winter is kind of coming in here. I don't know how about you guys, but here um, it got down to 29 last night. Now, I know we don't have the most severe weather. We're sort of moderate here, but it's getting cold, and I actually like the winter. <laughs> My wife, uh, Lena, does not like the winter as much as I do. She doesn't like cold weather, uh, but I do. So we have a we compromise. We go down to Florida for couple times during the winter just to get out of the, the cold. Anyway, we have a really nice topic tonight, I think. It, it's funny, you know, I, I haven't thought about uh, it doing astrology stuff in a while, but um, I, um, I wanted to share some things that I've noticed over the years um, as it relates to astrology. Um, so um, there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of people doing astrology. It's huge, you know. It's huge. If you, I remember back in the in the 80s, I was in L.A. Uh, at the Bodhi Tree Bookstore, which was this big metaphysical bookstore, and they had an entire room, about I don't know, 15 by 15 room, just astrology books, wall to wall astrology books, and this was, you know. This was 30 years ago, 30, 40 years ago. So now there's even more. And now we have podcasts and we have YouTube videos and everything. And there's a lot of people doing astrology. And honestly, there are some good people out there. Don't get me wrong. Uh, don't um, misunderstand me. I'm going to talk about some misconceptions about astrology that I've discovered. But I want to just say that the underlying principle for all this is that you need to test something. If somebody uh, puts forth a theory about the cards or astrology, 
you owe it to yourself to test it out and make sure that the, it passes the first test with you before it goes any farther in your mind. I, liked, I used to think of like having these guards at the gates of my, of what I hold to be true, you know, guards that would guard and not let any bullshit get in there because if you get your mind full of misbeliefs uh, or misideas that are off, it's going to be painful for you someday. It's going to be painful. Um, I, I realized early on that I couldn't trust a lot of the astrology books that I read. Um, I bought a book. I remember it was a lot of money. It was a big book. It was called Planets in Transit by Robert Hand. And it listed, it, it gave like interpretations for every planet as it moves through the houses of your chart and makes aspects to other planets. And I mean, it even did, I think it even did like sextile aspects, which are kind of minor aspects in a way, you know. But I got that book, I was so excited because I really wanted to learn transits. I didn't know transits yet. And as I began to use that book, I realized that nothing he said ever matched what my experiences were. None of it made, none of it made any sense to me. None of it um, hit home. None of it like described anything of, like what I was going through. And then it dawned on me that the entire book was worthless. It was some kind of book put together by this guy. I don't even know who he is, Robert Ann. I know he was kind of famous. He wrote a lot of books. After reading that book, I didn't want to buy any of his other books because it was such just theoretical jargon that didn't connect with what was real. And here's the deal today is that if something is in print, if it's in a book, or it, and now even if it's like on a website uh, or on a blog, we tend to believe that anything that's published is actually accurate and true. It's just, I don't know if it's human nature, but it's certainly social nature at this point in history. So if, it, if there's a book out there, you know, we think, oh, this is it. Great, it's just, this person must be, they must know what they're talking about. But it turns out that that's not really true. So some of these I'm going to talk about tonight are things that I saw in books and then other things, just hearing casual conversation between friends and people about astrology when it comes up. I hear some of their, their comments and so forth, and I just want to uh, enlighten hopefully a little bit around some of these things which I consider to be uh, misconceptions about astrology. So um, let's start out with some of the easy ones. Um, some <clears throat> oftentimes when um, when somebody says um, uh, instead of saying uh, what's your sign they'll say what's your sun, moon and rising sign. And this like comes off like being really, oh wow, this person really knows astrology. I mean, they wouldn't ask me sun, moon, and rising unless they really knew astrology. And, you know, sun, moon, and rising are um, three of the most important things in a chart. But I, 
I wonder sometimes if the people saying this actually know their true significance or how they sort of stack up in importance in the overall picture of things. Because there's things that are more important than that, like the aspects between the sun, the moon, and rising, and the aspects between these these things and other planets. And I found that very few people really understand like what these things really mean. Um, that's the sun, moon, rising thing. So let's talk about Saturn returns. Okay, most people, when they talk about Saturn return, they say, oh, this is really, really bad. They, they get like sort of a, a feeling that, you know, it's going to be really bad news, like a Saturn return is going to like really like be hard and, and challenging and um, painful. Um, that's not true at all. I mean, Saturn returns, and this is going to be true for a lot of things we talk about tonight, um, a lot of these things really, they can be difficult for some people if you meet certain criteria already from your natal chart. And to be honest, most people don't meet this criteria. So uh, most people do not experience it the way that some people sort of say that everybody, they kind of say that everybody experiences it in this way, this sort of bad way. So a Saturn return, what it is, is it happens around age 28 to 29, is that Saturn comes back to the place where it was when you were born. That's what a Saturn return is. That's how long it takes Saturn to go all the way around your chart and come back to where it started. Okay, it's, it's back at its home place. So if your natal Saturn is, has good aspects, uh, you may not even notice a Saturn return. You may not even um, have any perceived negative uh, energy at all from your Saturn return. It's important to know that. It's important to know that you, you might be a person whose Saturn return is like, oh, I didn't even notice that it happened. Because that's entirely possible with astrology. Okay, but there... Like, I have a Saturn in my chart, and it literally, I don't think it has any good aspects to it. It's squared by Uranus, and um, it squares my Chiron. I mean, it makes some bad aspects to other planets in my chart and so forth. But when I had my Saturn return, all I remember is, and I was aware of it at the time, I had a, I had a fledgling understanding of astrology at the time, I, all I noticed was couldn't make up my mind about anything for about a year. I just couldn't make up my mind. My Saturn happens to be in the sign of Libra. And I find myself being very indecisive where normally I was very decisive. So Saturn, that was the effect I felt from Saturn, my Saturn return. And my Saturn return would be considered, my Saturn is considered a... Uh, an afflicted Saturn, so one would normally think that would be very difficult, okay? But, you know, the Saturn return is, there is something about a Saturn return that's actually really good for everybody, and that is that when you have a Saturn return, you have this maturing process that happens. You start to realize 
when you have your Saturn return, that your life doesn't have like the unlimited possibilities that you might have fantasized about before your Saturn return. You start to, you start to <coughs> mature in the sense that you know that, you know, there are, the, the, the old saying is, before the Saturn return, you think, oh, I could do anything or become anybody. After the Saturn return, you realize, well, actually, I'm probably only going to be able to really accomplish this or become that. Not in, not in sort of a limiting self-doubt way, but just in sort of an understanding and clarity way because you know yourself more. So there's this maturing thing that happens in a Saturn return where you get a chance to actually gain some self-awareness and self-understanding about yourself. And that is true for everybody. The other thing, um, if most people don't know astrology well enough to know what uh, transits are and so forth, but transits are what we use primarily to make predictions in astrology. And a transit occurs when uh, a planet that's up in the heavens makes an aspect to one of your natal planets. And the good aspects are generally conjunctions, trines, sextiles, uh, and the badass and in conjuncts, and the bad ones are, are generally squares and oppositions. But Saturn, people think Saturn squares, they just think it's going to be bad because they think Saturn is always bad. But that's not true. That's not true. Saturn uh, conjunctions are not negative. They don't result in some painful, difficult uh, situation. Now, it is possible if your natal Saturn is highly afflicted, it has bad aspects going to it, it is possible, yes, that you could have, when Saturn is conjuncting something, if that planet is afflicted, Saturn will bring that out for us to look at. It'll, it'll definitely make it show up in a big way in our life. And that's what Saturn does. So, yeah, some person, like they had a Saturn conjunct the planet, and it was really bad, and... Um, and then they just drew a conclusion from that that Saturn conjunctions are bad. But they didn't look at the whole picture of the fact that their Saturn was afflicted. So, and the next one I want to talk about is Pluto conjunctions. Now, Pluto is the slowest moving planet in the chart. And for most people, you will be dead before it moves from where it started when you were born it won't even get halfway across your chart. It won't even make it. It'll, it'll move very slowly, and you'll probably be dead before it gets to halfway around your, your natal chart. So when Pluto makes aspects in your chart, they're once in a lifetime. Uh, this is also true for Neptune and Uranus, by the way. They're generally once in a lifetime aspects. But Pluto is this most powerful planet. Even though they've demoted it to a uh, dwarf planet or something, or planetoid or something. It's still the most powerful thing in the chart. And when Pluto conjuncts something, <coughs> people tend to think that it's a negative thing because they're really afraid of Pluto. It's like, oh, it's the planet of death. It's the planet of transformation. It's the planet of you know, death and rebirth and destruction. And it's true. Pluto is that planet, 
But when it makes a conjunction, it gives that planet super energy. And I've seen lots of people go through, especially Capricorns in the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, Pluto went, it went over something. It's still in Capricorn, by the way. And it's still going to be in Capricorn for at least another 10 years or longer. And so everybody who has Capricorn planets, and if you are a Capricorn sun, Pluto is either gone over your sun or it's going to go over your sun. And I know lots of Capricorn people, when Pluto went over their sun, it just gave them all this energy to start like a new life all over again. There was nothing negative about it. And I had Pluto go through my second house where I have Saturn and Neptune. And when Pluto conjuncted those, I made so much money in that year. <coughs> and then I lost most of it because my Saturn is also squared by Uranus. So it was bound to happen. But in my case, my natal Saturn already was afflicted. And this is another example of that. A Pluto conjunction could be bad if the planet it's conjuncting is squaring something else. But there'll also be something good that comes out of it. And Pluto, what's cool about Pluto is, is when it makes a transit, which is very rare, when it makes a significant transit, like a square opposition uh, or a conjunction, this is going to be usually a life-changing period of time for you. It's going to be really significant. And the change is going to ultimately be good. It's always going to be good. And whatever issue is, is uh, symbolized by the planet that it's going over and the, and the aspects to it, those issues generally are never going to come up again in life. Like mine, Pluto went through my second house of money, and I made all this money. And I, it's a long story. I don't want to bore you with the details. But what came out of it was when it was all over, I was extremely clear in my mind that I would never, ever do anything just for money. That would never again be my motive because it had been my motive during that transit. And I realized that that was never going to be good for me after that Pluto transit. And it never happened. Never happened again since then. Now, if I needed money because I needed to survive, that would be different. I would be working a job for survival. And I would do that in a heartbeat. But I'm never going to ever work just for money again because of what Pluto did. And that's how Pluto is when it makes transits in your, in your chart. Okay, Mercury retrogrades. Everybody's like, you know, I don't know if it's still popular like it was. Um, you know, uh, there seemed like for a long time everybody was talking about Mercury retrograde and how bad it was and so forth and so on. Well, I'm here to tell you that Mercury retrograde is not bad for everybody. And it could be bad for you sometimes, and other times it could be really good or have no effect at all. It is also a distinct possibility. So what I discovered about Mercury retrograde was it only really affects us in a negative way when we have our natal Mercury, again, it has bad aspects to it. Uh, if your natal Mercury, or if Mercury, while it's transiting, while it's, while it's going retrograde, if Mercury is squaring other planets that, you know, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> like if Mercury is squaring Mars, or Mercury is squaring Saturn at the same time when it's going retrograde, then you might experience some of the symptoms 
of mercury retrograde. And these symptoms, if you don't know them already, are things like lost mail, miscommunications, uh, difficulty in moving. Like I, I once had a really difficult mercury retrograde when we, I was moving from California to Asheville, and it was really difficult. Uh, and things got lost, and it took months, literally months, to get some of our stuff, furniture and so forth, back, okay? So that was a difficult retrograde, but it was squaring something. I don't remember what, but it was squaring something. I've had so many retrogrades, retrogrades go by where nothing happened. And you might just possibly be a person whose natal mercury is square, in something in your chart. You might have an afflicted natal mercury. And for you, it might be true that most mercury retrogrades are really difficult. It's possible. It's possible that that's true for you, but it's definitely not true for everybody. And I would never, I just go on the assumption that mercury retrogrades are going to be good. And they usually are, but sometimes they're not. But I'm not worried about it. I'm not thinking about it. I'm not really concerned about it enough to even check my astrology and see if it's squaring something and all that stuff or to plan around it. But, you know, I'm, I'm just a little bit different about it than most people. And I don't blame people for getting really into astrology and looking at everything closely. I think we all do that, especially in the beginning when we first learn how to read astrology and we first we get our first impressions of astrology and we were blown away by something that we read or that happened and coincided with what we read and so forth. You know, there's this period where you just kind of get infatuated with it and you go a little nuts about it, which is fine. But hopefully you'll realize that it's not that significant, some of this stuff, okay? So the next thing is relocation astrology. Um, I used to I used to practice this a little bit. I used to do it for, for clients. Um, the theory is if you move to a different location, you redo your natal chart based on the new location. And you have a little bit of control. Uh, this is according to the theory. You have a little bit of control on changing some of your basic karma. Uh, so like it... Uh, you might be able to, uh, or you normally have really bad aspects with some planets or something, you might be able to affect the change in that so now you don't have such bad aspects. Um, but really, even if, I'm not sure if, if, um, if relocation astrology actually works, it never actually worked for me, I can tell you that. And the other thing about it is, even if it did work, the only thing you're really going to be able to change at all is the position, what houses your planets are in. It's not going to change the aspects between the planets. It could change your rising sign, and it could change um, the houses that your planets are in. And that's it. That's it. But some of these relocation astrologers make out like, oh, this is like the biggest deal, and it's really great, and... You know, it can really change your life, and it's just not going to happen. That's just not going to happen. That It doesn't work that way. Uh, and I invite you guys to share your own experiences of these. 
uh, on, when we go to the Q&A session. I mean, you might have had some experiences that were good with some of these things. It might have worked for you, but I don't think it works for everybody, and I don't think it works for even one person all the time. So relocation astrology, and there was a, a famous astrologer in California. I'm not going to mention any names, but she was well known for sending people to exotic and really far out places for their birthday so that their solar return chart would have uh, a good aspects and be favorable. And it's, again, it's like an attempt to, to, to sort of have control over our karma. So it was relocation on a scale of basically the, um, the solar return chart, which happens on your birthday every year. Okay, so they and she was sending people to like you know <laughs> really out there places like uh, you know Russia and you know Fiji and and things like that and you know she would give them an explanation and they would, and they would go they would do it these people would do it okay but I can tell you that that actually doesn't work either at least it didn't work for me maybe it worked for you uh, I'd be interested to hear if it did uh, maybe it seemed to work one time. Um, I don't know. For somebody, you know, I'm just saying that for me, never worked. I discarded it. That's what I do. I try things. I give them a shot. And then if they don't work out, I let them go pretty quick because I don't want to clutter my mind with stuff that's not really the, the best stuff I can put in there. I want to put the good stuff in there if I possibly can. Okay. Chiron. So Chiron wasn't discovered that long ago. And um, when it came out, when it was discovered, uh, everybody, all the astrologers got excited, but nobody knew uh, what Chiron meant. They didn't know how to interpret Chiron. You know, and Chiron is like a, an asteroid. It's not, they're not really sure what it is, actually. They're not sure if it's a, an asteroid or a comet or, or what. So there's a, there was a semi-famous astrologer at the time named Barbara Hand Clough, and she wrote a book all about Chiron. She wrote the first book, first astrological book about Chiron. And she did a little research about Chiron, the mythical Chiron, and discovered that it was something to do with the wounded healer. So there was this wounded healer thing, around Chiron and she wrote an entire book like if you have Chiron here you have this wounded healer aspect of you and this is what it means and everybody bought the book and everybody was talking about the book and it was complete and utter bullshit it was all made up everything about it was just made up she didn't do any empirical research now empirical research is the kind we're talking about, like where you test it with yourself first, and then you test it with other people, and then you determine whether it's accurate before you start drawing conclusions about the, the nature of it. She did none of that. She just made up an entire book based on this concept of the wounded healer, and none of it is accurate or helpful for anybody. It, it doesn't tell you anything. So... You know, I mean, I wasn't even using Chiron. I didn't even know about this until I started to become aware of Chiron. 
But I became aware of Chiron through a different book uh, written by a group of people that call themselves the Magi Astrologers, and they did tremendous empirical research. They studied the charts of literally thousands of celebrities, and then <coughs> they drew their conclusions from their research. And when I read their book and their interpretation of how Chiron operated in my own chart, it made perfect sense. It actually explained things that I had never, I'd always wondered about because nothing else that I had read had explained some of these things to me. And it was like a, an epiphany for me to, to discover this book that actually had some good information that I found was really highly accurate about this planet that I knew I didn't know about and it, it 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 just explained a lot of things in my life so you know what was completely missing and this is the actually that even the Magi astrologers didn't really catch uh, this part that I'm going to share with you briefly is that you know Chiron sits between Saturn and Uranus its orbit is between the the orbit of Saturn and the orbit of Uranus. Now, Saturn is the last of the visible planets, and Uranus is the first of the planets that we cannot see with the naked eye. And they represent, respectively, the left and right hand. The right hand is the visible planets, and the left hand is the invisible planets. Okay? So what happens is Chiron is, ends up being like this magical bridge between the inner and outer planets. And the Magi astrology people determined that if you have a good Chiron in your, in your chart, a well-aspected Chiron in your chart, you're going to have like a special gift of some kind. For example, Chiron and Venus together in a good aspect will give you what they call the Cinderella aspect, which, you know, it, you're going to have like a fairy tale kind of a romantic life. It's not all good, by the way, but I'm just going to give you the, the gist of it. Um, and that's, that's what they say. And they found that most successful sports figures have a really good aspect between Chiron and Mars, the planet of competition. So they did a lot of research, and it turned out that the things they wrote really are accurate. I, I, I use that book even today in my readings. I refer to that. I mean, I know it by heart pretty much by now, but sometimes I go in there and just refresh myself with that book because it just goes right to the point of everything. And that's Chiron. So there's another theory, thing in astrology called the void of course moon. And this is when the moon, the moon moves very quickly. The moon goes from one sign to the next, which is 30 degrees in two and a half days. So it's the fastest moving uh, body in, our, in the solar system. And when it gets to a point in a certain sign, where it's not going to make any more aspects to any planets, uh, not in your chart, but other planets in the heavens, they call it a void, of course, moon. I mean, you know, it's not going to do anything until it leaves, uh, until it goes into the next sign. And the theory behind that is that you should never start anything under a void, course, moon, because if you do, it won't work out. It'll, 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 it'll have something bad or it just won't happen. 
And that's bullshit because they've proven it. They've proven like a lot of things that were started on the Void Course Moon actually lasted almost forever. <laughs> so you could really get, I mean, if you were like tracking the Void Course Moons, you'd be having to look at your astrology really in detail every day or two. And if you were like trying to avoid Void Course Moons, you would have a lot of, a lot of mental energy tied up in that. Trust me. And I don't, I, I don't, I don't take, I don't listen to those things. There's another thing too that's very similar called the moon wobble. I'm not going to get into that, but I found that to be inaccurate. Um, Vedic astrology uh, and the precession of the equinox. If you do a Vedic astrology chart, you're probably going to be a different sign and your rising sign will be different usually because when they do a Vedic astrology chart, they subtract about 21 to 22 degrees from every planet in your Western chart. Okay, And there's a reason for that. And it's called the precession of the equinoxes. And there, there's been some articles out in the last couple of years, people talking about, okay, um, you're not really the sun sign that you are. Okay? And they're referring to the precession of the equinoxes, but they're making it like it's a brand new discovery, and they're making it like it's a big deal, like, oh, you're not really your sign, and uh, you can't really interpret your, your, your sign um, the way the Western astrologers are doing it because you're really not that sign. And there's truth to it in, in the sense that, yes, the precession of the equinoxes is, it, it's a long story, but, but the whole galaxy kind of moves in a certain way that it does make the true sign of your sun change and other planets change over time. And it, it's true. But what they don't take into account is that the interpretations and the knowledge of astrology has, has shifted along with these shifting planets so that what we're using today for interpretation is accurate because it's applying to the planets as they are now or it doesn't really matter. So like in Vedic astrology, they interpret everything really differently. Like in, I'm a Cancer in Western, and I'm a Gemini in Vedic. And the meaning of Gemini in Vedic is much different than the meaning of Gemini Sun in uh, Western astrology. And the meaning of Cancer Sun in Western astrology is much different than the meaning of Cancer Sun in Vedic astrology. You cannot mix the interpretation together. So my point is, even though these planets have changed, and technically speaking, you could say you're actually, your planets actually align with the, the Vedic chart, you can't use the interpretations that we're using now for our Western charts match the charts that we're using now. That's how it's working. It's working that way. And so they're still accurate. And so everybody got all upset and worried. Oh, my chart's not... I have clients say, you know, oh, but I, I'm not that sign anymore. I found out. I read this article online. Like, that's not true. You're still... It still works. The astrology still works the way that we're doing it. So that is my little list. I probably could have come up with a few more, but that was the ones that um, I could remember off the top of my head. So we're going to uh, go into Q&A mode now. And if you would like to um, ask a question, 
You, if you're on your phone, which most of you are, you can hit star six and then the number one, and that'll raise your hand. If you're using the application, either the application, there's a button you can click on. And we'll be back in about two or three minutes here. And at that time, we will uh, have some discussion here.
Welcome back, everybody. Um, so uh, I hope I wasn't too controversial in my uh, explanations of things, but uh, we're going to move on now with our Q&A session. Uh, and first up is somebody from, oops, I just hung up. How about this person from three, here we go, 520. I guess they're still on. Hello, who am I talking to? Hi, this is Connie from Arizona. Hi, Connie. How are you? Great, thanks. Um, my question is about Chiron and its gift. Can mm -hmm. you remember from that book what it means if it's next to Jupiter in your first house? Well, if Chiron conjuncts something, it's really, really good. Okay. So if this book, by the way, is called, I, sh I should have given the title of the book. It's called the Mad. It's called Magi Astrology: The Key to Success in Love and Money. And uh, it's out of print right now, but you can get used copies on Amazon. So Chiron Jupiter. Hold on a second. This is in your natal chart, right? Yes. Okay. And by the way, they don't use any. They don't use houses at all. They don't care what house it's in. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Another crazy thing about it. Chiron Jupiter. Okay, hold on. This is one of the most powerful. I'm, I'm just reading out of the book to you, okay? This is one okay. of the most powerful of all aspects, as this super aspect provides the person with a fabulous public image and a commanding presence, which instills mm -hmm. confidence and wins trust in others. It foretells a great destiny and career and can result in noteworthy success, ultimate intuitive genius, and success through charisma in anything ruled by Chiron in their chart. Oh, so, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, you got, you got a good Chiron. Be happy. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Is it squaring Thank anything you. else in your chart? Um, I don't know how to... I just know it's right next to Jupiter, but I don't know. Well, to be conjunct, it should be within three degrees or four degrees max, okay, just so you know. It should be okay. three four degrees. So you get somebody who knows how to look at that, tell you if that's true or not. Okay. I can see it's three degrees from Jupiter, but nothing okay. else. Okay, then, then it's definitely conjunct. And Great. That's very, that's very, very good, Connie. So. I, I have one more question. You know how you say that uh, with our attitude we could transform how a destiny card manifests for us? Like we could yeah. take a potentially challenging card like a seven and turn it around. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do that with some natal aspects. Um, well, if you, yeah, well, here's the thing. Like if you understand like what this natal aspect is telling you, like if it's a negative natal aspect in your chart uh -huh. if you understand like what that's all about then you can be your attention get can get directed to that specific um, thing that you that comes up for you I mean negative aspects in astrology generally point to fears you know uh -huh. that we have you understand yes so like they point to like something that scares us you might say Okay, so yes. if you can identify that through the astrology, 
then you can actually work on, well, what am I going to do about this fear? What am I going to do with it? What am I, how, am I going to, how am I going to handle it? You know, you can start having that conversation. And okay. you can definitely, I found that it's definitely possible to, um, to get to a point where things that normally bother you don't bother you. That's, right. definitely, that's definitely possible through, you know, application of your awareness, which is our greatest gift is our awareness. And that's where you use it. Okay? I mean, I can't, I don't have time to go into it into a great length, but that's a basic, the basic no, understanding. I, I was hoping that if it already played out the first half of your life, then you worked out that karma and you didn't have to experience it the second half of your well, life. you know, this is, this is something that's, I'm glad you mentioned this because, you know, we always talk about, oh, you know, I worked out that karma. What, what the fuck, excuse my language, what does that actually mean? You know, <laughs> I worked out that karma. What does that mean? Did you take like, a, did you take a, did you read a book on it? Did you take a course? Most people who say they worked on something, they did not work on it. They, they oh. think they worked on it. And I've had clients like they'll, I'll say, you know, I'll be describing an aspect in their chart that may be not, not so a good one. And they'll say, oh, I used to have that, but I worked on that and it's gone now, you know. But it's mm. absolutely, it's that, well, then there's a sort of a defensiveness they have around mm -hmm. it. Like they just don't want to hear about it, you know. They actually mm -hmm. haven't worked on it. They just don't want to hear about it anymore. They, they've got to a point in their life where they just don't want to have it. They don't want to have that awareness of it anymore in their life, but it's still there. There's still an operation. So, you know, I'm very wary of people to say I worked on that because most okay. people I don't think have any uh, a clue what that actually means, working on it. You know, what just does having experiencing, Just experiencing it doesn't mean you addressed it or turned it around. Yeah, I mean, did, did you get to the core of it? Did you really, did you really go into it so deeply that it just no longer has any effect on you? That's the, the question to be asking, okay. you know. And I don't find a lot of people who actually do that because it's extremely hard to do. It's one, it's very difficult, you know. It's, it, it's, it's not something that you can just, it's so easy to do that, it, you, you know, you can just write it off like that, in my opinion, okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah, great, great questions, Connie. I appreciate your questions very much. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. All right, have a good night. You too. Okay, next in line, I believe, was the 321 area code. Where is 321 area code? Hello? Hi, Robert. Are you... Hey, who's this? Hi, Robert. This is uh, Frank in Cocoa Beach, Florida. How are you? Good, Frank. How are you? doing well um not a question about astrology because i'm only just learning about that now with your courses and stuff but um i had a question about um a yearly reading on um on the on the yearly spread on cards of destiny yeah and um i'm a king of clubs jack of diamonds born 9 11 79 okay and um you know, I was like last year was a really you know tough year in a materialistic way, meaning like business failed and a lot of financial difficulties. And this year, the spreads are showing like a lot of my um, uh, yearly influence cards are nines and fives and stuff. Yeah, I see so I was that. Just trying to get 
get an idea of like you know what this year is, is this year like more of like a spiritual year or is it more like well you know I mean uh, I don't know if this is a popular concept or not but you know when we have really difficult experiences is those that those are what I call spiritual times you know what I mean mm-hmm. because it's it's difficulties in life and challenges that actually encourage us to go inside okay so what I what I did with the cards in my teaching was I told people well you have spiritual cycles and you have material cycles and generally Speaking, material cycles are when the cards are all like positive, like tens, eights, fours, kings, and so forth. And you'll have a lot of success. People will have a lot of success during those years, material success. Okay, they might get married or they might just make a lot of money. You know, it'll be something that basically they like and want to do, right? And then you'll have years where you have all these sevens and nines, and you're like, oh, it's one problem after the other. And you're thinking, you know, most people would think that was, that's, that was a bad year. That was a bad year, you know. Mm-hmm. Unlucky. Unlucky or however you want to say it. But in my experience, those are the years that matter the most in terms of long-term uh, happiness and understanding. Because that's, those are the... The years that cause us to have a look inside, you know, cause us to go in and, and start to question how we're, we're doing our life, how we're approaching life, you know, and, and decide whether, take a look inside and take some responsibility. Like there's, I can tell you this for, for an absolute fact in terms of like, in my own experience, everything that happens to me is con- absolutely congruent with what's going on inside of me. You know what I mean? Like okay. you could take you could take the worst experience that I've had, whatever, and I can always find a connection between that experience and what's happening inside of me. And I mean, whatever you have going on inside of you is being reflected by the experiences outside of you. So now you've got these nines this year, right? Now nine, right. don't be too quick to judge nines because... Nines, and most people, because my book tends to be written uh, for the average person who is not that aware of themselves, I wrote it that way so that most people could relate to it. And it's kind of negative when it talks about nines, right? Mm-hmm. It's a bit on the negative side. It's like, you know, wow, that's, that's scary, you know? <laughs> the way he talks about those nines, it's kind of scary. Um, yeah, you see that many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, um, but actually, not what we, what's not what's missing there is the fact that nines can be fulfillment. Like a nine can bring you something that you've wanted for a really, really long time. It's true, you know. So like, if you have a now, your nines are in the Pluto position and the result position, okay. So Pluto is likely not to be uh, a happy nine. It's going to probably be, it's going to be a challenging nine of some sort. You follow me? Right. So, and it's a nine of hearts. So it's about relationship, most likely. 
most likely it's about relationship, about some way of approaching relationship perhaps, perhaps the way you've been approaching it or something is going to have to, something about that's going to have to end for you to move on in a positive way in your life. You know, these nines don't show up by accident. They're, they somehow know that it's time for us to let go of things that we've been holding on to that aren't really good. We think they're good. We don't want to let go of them, but the universe thinks otherwise. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. And, 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 and yeah, the reason I asked is because, you know, I, I have been, you know, going into studies a lot and, and, and working a lot more with your system. And, you know, it's been a big transformation from, like, doing secular business to actually into the, you know, into the uh, ancient sciences, you know. And I just kind sure. of was, you know, you, master, you, you knowing the system, you know, what your feedback was of, like, this year, is it continuing on that study and, and, and pursuing that path? Because I've been wanting it for a long time, right? Yeah, and a nine of clubs result card result card is always good, but to get to the result card, you have to go through the year, and you have to meet the challenge of that Pluto card. They're connected, you know. Those two cards are. There's a connection between them. Uh, right. I describe that in my intermediate class. I go into it in great detail. Intermediate or the art of interpretation class, we call it now. So okay. um, they're connected. I can tell you one thing for sure. It's going to be a happy ending. Uh, you're going to have, by the end of this year, you're going to have something you really want that you've wanted for a long time is going to come to you because of that nine, you know, because there's no such thing as a bad result card. Right, right. It's, it's always right. good. Right. It's always good. <clears throat> so, you know, that's, that's what's coming your way. But getting there, the year itself might be challenging. Might okay. Yeah, yeah. Great Excellent. question, though. Well, I appreciate. I appreciate that. that. Thank you, Robert. Okay, man. Thanks for calling. Great having you on the show. Okay. Okay. I think next up is Joella, and Joella happens to know astrology. Hey, hey Robert. Joella. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, I just had a birthday, uh-huh. and I was wondering if you could tell me what kind of year I got going on. Tell me your birthday again. 10, 13, All 59. Right. Okay, hold on. And I don't have a problem with the nines because I am one. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You, uh, you, you're, you've, you've been there and done that, got the T-shirt and all that stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, the sevens bother me more. I seven. find the seven disturbing than yeah. Uh huh. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so your long range card is a four of hearts. What's that all about? I don't know. I thought you said the long range card was like the thing that you think about. Is it the thing that well, happens? It, it's like the it's like what your attention is focused on a lot. Your attention goes to that card a lot during the year. So you know, four of hearts. Um, it could it could be something as 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 simple as I want a better house. You know what I mean? I want a better place to live because it's the home. It represents the home for one thing. You understand? Right. 
uh, but it also represents the people that are closest to us in our life, people that we consider our closest friends or loved ones. So it could be like usually if, if a person's married, of course, it's their family. I don't think you're married, are you? No. Yeah, so it wouldn't be that. But it, you have, do you have children? No, I have animals. Just animals. Well, there you go. There's your kids, right? But, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it, it, in some cases it could mean a person is uh, branching out and being open to having relationships in their life. But I don't think that's you. For some, I just don't get that impression from you. You can correct me if I'm wrong about that. Uh, I don't think you're looking for a relationship, are you? No, and, I, and it might be because my second card is that two of hearts. Yeah, yeah. I'm and that, that, that relationship would have to be perfect. It would have to knock my socks off. Right. Well, you, what you would do is you would look, you know, if to check that out, you would look for occurrences of other love cards in the spreads. And there aren't, there aren't many, but there is one. You have a King of Hearts and Mars in your two heart spread. So there's a potential, perhaps, of meeting somebody in your Mars period. But really, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even predict that unless I felt like I talked to you and felt like that's something you really wanted, you see. Well, I, I think it's the other way where you said the four of hearts is a person who's just so content that they would just turn it away. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny. I, I know several people who are four of hearts and they're, they're very attractive. And I, I was like, wow, why don't you have a relationship? You know, <laughs> I can't explain it. And they claim to want one and didn't have one. It was really mysterious to me. And then I realized there was something inside of them that was like not wanting relationship. They were turning it down for whatever reason. I didn't go into it super deep to find out. But I knew there was a reason there that they were actually saying no. Just like the Four of Cups card in the Tarot card. Where the man is being offered a cup and he's got his arm folded and he says, no, I don't want it. Yeah. And the Pluto result? Well, you've got a ten of hearts. I mean, it, this is all in context, uh, Joella, of what, like, what your, what your focus is. You have to know something about that. Like, I don't know what your ambitions are, if you have any or not, regarding career, because a ten of hearts can be a really good card for somebody with career ambitions. But if you don't have that, it could mean nothing you know you follow right so, it, so I would need before I could even say anything intelligent about that I would need to know more about what's going on like what are your plans because this could mean this could easily mean for somebody it could mean wow I'm starting a new business and it requires me to really get in touch with a lot of people that I'm normally not in touch with a ten of hearts okay and I'm going, I'm going to have to go out there and, and risk it because you have a seven of spades connected to it, which is a faith card. I'm going to have to take a little risk about this business. But I don't know if any of that applies to you, Joella. See, I don't know your situation. So and I wouldn't, I wouldn't. would say that 
Pluto result isn't evident until after Mars? Well, it depends. The long-range car usually isn't evident until after, until the Mars period starts, sometime in the Mars period. The Pluto result, I have had readings with people where they, it was, it was clear right away before the year even began, they were already had plans, you know. They already were going in a particular direction and they already had like an idea and a desire to achieve something and it was there so it varies on the Pluto result that's all I'm saying about that okay yeah I didn't know that um, yeah I don't know yet <laughs> the yeah, year just well, yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you don't have to know either you know it's good it's fine um, but you know if you the way I suggest everybody look at the cards is know what it is that you want. Now I'm a diamond, of course, so I look at everything that way, you know, you know, what do I want? But, you know, what is it, where are you going? Is there some direction that you think that you want to go or that you intend to go? That's very important. You know, when I, when I do readings for people, they have to tell me what their questions are, you know, and their questions relate to things that are important to them. So that information is vital to make any kind of prediction for somebody. You understand? So on the cards, the way that um, I kind of think about it is you have a choice with the energy. It's like you see, it's like the, um, it's like the weather forecast. It, it shows up and it tells you what's coming. And then you have a choice about how you want to use that. So it's that's, kind of like... That's true. That's true. And I kind of... I kind of feel like if it's if it's like a nine and there's an ending and you're resisting an ending, then it it may not go very well. But then, um, like the nine of hearts for me always kind of shows up in a philanthropic sort of way. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't, I don't always I don't feel like I'm I'm losing relationships all the time, and I get it in a repeating pattern under the two. Oh yeah, right. You get it uh, what every other year or something. And I get it every other yeah. year, and then I get yeah. it in a Neptune position. Yeah, right. Right, and I always feel like it always shows up for me is that I'm always doing something for somebody else. Right, making some sort of a sacrifice and on behalf of somebody else. Sure, I can right. see that. Right, I'm always having to, you know, somebody will call me up. Oh, can you help me? Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. It always shows up that way for me. So the nines to me are not really very scary. Hmm. Uh huh. Well, maybe you, it's because you've actually learned how to really give and let go. You know, which is what the nines are about: letting go and giving. Right now, the sevens are a little. The sevens are. I haven't mastered the sevens yet. Well, the good news about sevens is there's always a way around them. There's a way right, to... reminds me about the taking risk part on the one. Um, well, seven of spades often shows up in people's spreads who are embarking on a new business and it's risky, but they know it's the right business for them. But there's a little risk involved there. That's when it usually shows up. Not always, so though. Of course it's not always. Nothing's always. So... You know, so we'll have to see. 
But see, it's it's important that you kind of have a sense for, <clears throat> if it's possible, <clears throat> is there something that you're being called forth to do in this at this time? You know what I mean? What's calling you? What's calling you right now? That's what's important to me. you got to have I, that before right, you get I mean, cards. I'm, working, I'm, I'm still working my career, which I've done for 35 years, and I enjoy that. But I've also taken on... Um, a volunteer job. Okay. Off, yeah, when I'm off from the other job, I'm like volunteering. Well, well, that sounds good. And so I'm, you know, I'm pretty good. Yeah, obviously, it's like you don't really have to do anything, right? You can do what you want. Isn't that true of your situation? Yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, and, um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, it, but but right now everything is just pretty busy and it's been I just had my Saturn return my second Saturn return right. and then I noticed that the displacement card what is it the Ace of Diamonds uh huh yeah which is yeah. one of my Saturn cards so does oh. a Saturn card show up when a person has a Saturn return <laughs> it did in your case <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't there is no always here you know but anything can happen with the cards any combination of stuff can happen at the same time and and it's not coincidence if you see it if you know astrology really well there's usually correlation there between the two there usually is you know i i usually won't predict something for somebody unless i see it in both places the cards and astrology then i'll know this is really going to happen you know i feel really I should say I feel very confident that it will happen. I see it in both places. Yeah, no, it's, well, it's been good. I mean, life's been good. I can't complain. Yeah, that's, well, hey, uh, I'm glad you had, hope you had a good birthday, and I hope you have a great year, Joel. All right, thank you so much. All right, take have care, Joel. Bye-bye. Okay, let's see. Do we have anybody else? We had somebody and then he just dropped out. Oh, here we go. Maybe it's the inner, maybe it's the computer or something. Hi, who Hello? am I talking? Hi, who's this? Yes, yeah, so this is Don. Um, how are you doing today? Good, Don. How are you? I'm great. I, I um I was just uh I was recapping on some of the um old old uh radio talk talk shows that she was doing, but I was very interested about um, how you was talking about, like, the general information or the public information and how people um, take it take it so uh, serious or they take it um, so – or they take it to heart. Like, right. it's, it's so accurate. But, um, you know, I, for me, for me, I like to – I'm interested to know what people what people know, you know what people are into. But um, could could you ask a question? Could could I ask? I mean, could I ask a question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's what this is about. So my 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 birthday my birthday is um November thirteenth, and uh, what year? It's uh I'm a nineteen I'm a nineties baby, nineteen ninety five. Okay. Nothing to and be ashamed of. They call it a new millennia. 
I don't I don't know how I don't know what that that's about, but that's what they call it, new millennia. But, yeah, the millennia um, the millennia babies or something like that. Yeah, sure. Um. So I I have um I have I don't I have odd numbers, like uh, you know my personal my personal card. Well, you're a seven of clubs. You're a seven of clubs birth card in this system, and your two other cards because you're a Scorpio. You have two other cards. They're both jacks, jack of diamonds, and jack of clubs. Okay. And yeah, I I I have um now how how accurate like I have difficulty with both of them because I don't know if. If I am both of them, because one 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 is the earth sign and one is the air sign, uh, and I, I think I. Well, get where are you getting Where are you getting air and earth from? Where do you get that? Um. So so my the information that I got that from was because uh, I was looking I was looking into like I was looking into like the tarot. But then I found something older than the tower. Um, it has to do with like elements. It has to do with elements. Okay, so I, let me just um, stop you there for a second, okay? But by the way, I can barely hear you. It's a lot of background noise. I'm sorry. Could you hear me yeah. better? Yeah, this is better. Thank you. So be very careful about mixing other information from other things with this like what you think is a certain element that may or may not be true in this system you understand so keep them keep, keep them separate from each other you understand don't mix yeah. that stuff that you learn somewhere else into this card system because it may not match it may not work it may not fit it may not give you anything useful and it may be downright wrong, okay? It may not be accurate at all. So you want to just like learn, if, if you're, my suggestion is learn the cards by themselves, the way, the way that it's being taught in the books first, before you start mixing stuff around, you know, mixing other knowledge that you've gathered about other stuff, because that stuff may not actually fit, okay? I'm just telling you. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're you're a jack of diamonds. Trust me. Um, do you know this actor Gerard Butler? You know who he is? Gerard Butler. I heard of his name. I heard yeah, of his he, name. I, yeah, he's famous. You go on right now. He's got movies. He's got a movie out right now. And he's he's lately he's been playing like action movies, like he's saving the world, like you know he's. Anyway, he's, he's a really good-looking guy, and he's very successful. Same birthday as you, okay? Great actor. Because jacks can be great actors. You understand? Jacks are really, and, and they're very clever, right? Jacks are very clever. You've got a lot of jack energy. you got two jacks. You understand? Yes, yes. That's a lot yes, of jack Robert. energy. <laughs> So have fun with it, man. That's fun. That's fun. <laughs> uh, but the, now the thing about it is the Uranus. Like I, I think I have because because I'm I'm looking at the astrology now. 
I, I mean, I, you told me don't connect this. So, like, well, you, astrology, you can just be careful because you don't know enough about the cards yet to start making connections. That's all I'm telling you. You could do it later once you know them really well. Once you know both systems really well, you can certainly uh, connect them and stuff like that. You can, but you better know them both really well first before you do that. That's all I'm saying. Okay. How long do you think it would take? That's the last question. How long do you think, or, or not how long do you think it would take? Where could you, uh, how, like, if you want, if a well, person isn't, all right, you could talk. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I would let your love of it or your interest in it dictate how fast you learn it. You'll learn it as fast as your interest will handle it. You understand? Like if you really, really are crazy about it, like you can't stop reading about it, you'll learn it really fast. You will. Can't help it. But, you know, if you don't really, if it just depends on how much you really are interested in it. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, I mean, when I, first, when I first heard about astrology, I was like your age, you know. I heard about this person that was in our community that was doing readings. And when I heard that, I just got like so curious about it, you know. I just couldn't wait to find out more about it, you know. I wanted to go, I wanted her to give me a reading, but I never did get a reading from her. But I... I just was so, so I went out and started buying books and started reading right away, you know, and I got into it, and I was looking up all my friends and telling them about themselves, little things I would pick up here and there, but, you know, I didn't know much, I was just starting, but that interest in that, over time, it evolved into a profession for me, and that is the best, in my opinion, that's the best profession is the one that you're the most interested in and one that you personally like the most should be the, the job that you do, you know, in the world. So I would just like, just be aware. How much do you like it? And just let it lead you to wherever you're going to go with it. Okay. Thank you, Robert. I no, you're welcome, man. I appreciate, I appreciate uh, you, answering, you answering my questions to the best of your ability. And Thank um, you. you know, I just I just continue you know listening to your radio show. I would definitely like to, you know, get some of your books. I just like, you know, I I have a hard time finishing things too. Like I just jump around with different yeah, things. Yeah, I was like that too. <laughs> I get bored, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gotta have some variety. I can't just stay one thing all day long. Just can't do it. Exactly. Um, so just what I did was I picked a bunch of things that all connected together so that I could do different things, but they all kind of helped each other. You know, that was my my little uh, solution to the problem. Nice. Like you know, all this music, the music that I play on the show is music that I composed. You know, I loved, I like doing that too. So I got to do a little bit of both, right? So it's cool. You know, I have a problem with I have a problem with like when you say telling stories like I don't know if the seven of clubs like exacerbates that as well 
because I know you said it has to do with something about it can like it has two extremes, and it's interesting because it's Neptune. You know, Neptune. Yeah. Uh, um, or the or the position the position it is the card it's in or the the card my first card is Neptune. It's a seven, and the planet rules Neptune. Right. Um. Right. And you know, it, it, I, you know, maybe maybe that's the reason. Or and then you know, I get in trouble because of the Saturn. The, the well, Saturn I, if I were you, if I were you, I would read about you. First of all, you need to get a copy of my Love Cards book, so it teaches you all the cards, like what they're really about, the birth cards. Okay. Okay. You can read about the Seven of Clubs. There's a whole chapter. It's like two or three pages, right, for each card, and then read about the Jack of Clubs. And then read about the Jack of Diamonds as if it was all, each one was your birth card. And you're going to find like a wealth of information in there that's going to, it'll blow your mind what you're going to learn about yourself from just reading that book. You understand? Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. That's, thank you. Uh, thank yeah. You okay, so man. Much. Have a good night. Good talking to you. All right. You have all a right. good night too. Thank you. Bye. All right, y'all. Um, I'm going to have to close up. We're running a little late here. But thank you all for being here. We will have another show. If you have, I, I do get suggestions for shows. I really appreciate that. Please email me if you have an idea, something you'd like to hear me talk about or discuss. Love to know what that is. So keep that in mind. And we'll be talking to you guys in a couple weeks or so. Thanks very much for being here. Good night.